Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Ronnie will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 3. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Let me read you something before we get going. The year... 1505, a young man named Martin returning home found himself caught in a violent storm. Terrified, he vowed to become a monk if he were allowed to live. Martin Luther made it through the storm and fulfilled his vow. He entered the Augustinian order of monks in Erfurt, Germany. By his own admission, he entered the monastery more out of constraint than commitment. In Wittenberg, he obsessively performed his religious task. His hard work, confessions, and penance never seemed enough. He wrestled with his own salvation. He hungered for acceptance by God. He realized his emptiness on a trip to Rome, which he thought would earn him some form of spiritual merit. Martin Luther climbed the steps of Pilate's house on his knees. This is where many Church historians believe Luther first gained a true understanding of the gospel. A verse came to mind that changed his life. Romans 1, 17, the righteous man shall live by faith. Like a flash of lightning, it struck him. It's faith that justifies, not works. He said, I felt myself to have been born again, to have entered through open gates into paradise itself. Luther had lived a rigorous religious life pounding on heaven's doors in the strength of his own works. Exhausted, he fell on his knees before that door and realized the liberating truth. Christ himself is the door, and it opens to no human effort. Rather, the door swings on the well-oiled hinges of Christ's righteousness and opens by faith. If you've been with us in John's gospel, you know in chapter 3, John has introduced to us a man much like Martin Luther. His name is Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a respected religious leader in his community. He's a Jew that people looked up to. Nicodemus was the third wealthiest man in Jerusalem. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and because he was a Pharisee, his life revolved around rules and rituals. Are you listening? His life revolved around details and devotion to God. His life revolved around procedures and practice and works. Nicodemus was sincere and genuine and really seeking God. If you were with us, I told you in chapter 3 and 4, we get to listen in on two private conversations that Jesus had with two Israeli locals, one man and the other woman. The man, a respected religious leader, a Jew, one that people looked up to, the woman, a not-so-respected woman, a Samaritan. 
People looked down on her. Both took Jesus' words too literally. Both missed the deeper meaning of Jesus' words. Both had sincere questions for Jesus. Both, Jesus is very patient and offers both eternal life. The last time we were together, uh, we talked about the new birth. Got a pen? I want you to write these down. I think it's important. Three things happen in a new birth. Number one, you experience, write it down, new life. Nicodemus was genuine and sincere and really seeking God. He was prestigious and smart and wealthy and religious and godly and generous. If heaven could be earned by someone's accomplishments, Nicodemus would have had change left over. Nicodemus seemed to have it all. Religion, respect, honor, money, and yet he was still hungry. Jesus tells him, Nicodemus, you have it all, but you really have nothing because you're not born again. You must be born again. Were you with me? Well, after you experience new life, then write this down. Then you experience the supernatural. You'll find it in verse 2 in chapter 3. It tells us that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. And there's a lot of discussion as to why he came at night. It's not so much important why he came or when he came. I think it's more important that he came. He came. How many of you know Jesus is always accessible to the one who comes? I think it's John chapter 6. Write it down. John six thirty seven. The one who comes to me, I will by no means, anybody know the rest? Cast out or cast away. Well, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and he said, we know that you're a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that you do or do the signs that you do unless God be with him. This is a great statement. It's a great statement of faith. But listen, it's a very untrue statement. Jesus was not a teacher come from God. Jesus was God who came to teach. We pointed out what happens in a new birth is not merely affirming the supernatural in Jesus, but it's experience the supernatural in you. Experience the new life, number one. Experience the supernatural, number two. We talked about it. And thirdly, experience a new nature. Haven't I always told you? The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And Jesus gets to the matter of the heart with Nicodemus. Jesus says, Nick, your religion all your study and all your discipline and all your law keeping, your prayers twice a day. And yes, you tithe to the church. You're a ruler and a senator and a theological professor. And most churches will be glad to have you. But Jesus said, that's not enough. You must have new birth. Jesus didn't say you have to clean up your act. Jesus didn't say you must start doing good works. Jesus didn't say you must become a better person. Jesus said, you must be born again. You need a new nature. You must receive a new heart. And that happens inwardly. I said this the last time, but I think it's worth repeating again. The new birth is not like the makeup that a mortician puts on a corpse to make it look more lifelike. The new birth is the creation of spiritual life, not the imitation of life. Religion is mortician makeup. Are you listening? Works is mortician makeup. Reforming your ways like Martin Luther is mortician makeup. The Bible teaches you must receive a brand spanking new life, not a patched up life, not a made up life, not imitation of life. Beginning in verse four, Jesus continues to talk to Nicodemus about the new birth that's supernatural and it comes from God. 
It's not natural. I've titled this sermon. You're taking notes? Write this down. The New Birth Part 2. The New Birth Part 2. Last time we dealt with John chapter 1, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And uh, we'll pick up in verse 4 today. But this is really good stuff. So let's read uh, from the beginning. How about that? And then we'll read down to verse uh, 14, maybe 15. Uh, we'll read to 16. Uh, let's read down to verse 25. No, I'm just kidding. Let's look at verse 1. John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're looking at verse 1, somebody needs to say amen. amen. There was a man of the Pharisees. And what was his name, saints? He was a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water, underline it, and born of the spirit, underline it, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is what, saints? Flesh. And that, y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? That which is born of the flesh is what, saints? And that which is born of the spirit is what? Do not marvel, Jesus said that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it comes from and where it goes. And so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, Jesus, that is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the son of man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? eternal life. Come on, read verse 16 with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Saints, stop right there. You got to try to put yourself, let me have your attention. You got to try to put yourself in Nicodemus' sandals. He's confused. He's having a hard time understanding this. Jesus says, you must be born again. And Nicodemus doesn't get it. He says, how can these things be? I like that. Notice he says, how can these things be? Not why. How? I like that because asking how, Nicodemus perceives that there's truth in what Jesus is saying. Jesus says, Nick, you must be born again. Nick says, How? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he go back into his mom's womb and come out again? Now listen, don't get it twisted. Nicodemus doesn't think it's possible. He's just so perplexed by what Jesus is saying. He's trying to reason this thing in his head. 
But I'm just curious. How many of you know the things of God are sometimes not within the reason of man? How many of y'all know that? Sometimes you just can't figure God out. And you try. But you can't. Because God is God. His ways are higher than your ways. Are you listening? His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Isaiah said, His ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Who can know them? God is God. He's bigger than you. You can't comprehend God. Your puny little pea brain. Say amen. Can't comprehend God. If God were small enough for you to be able to figure out, he wouldn't be big enough for you to worship. Can't figure out God. Nicodemus is trying to figure it out. His mind, are y'all getting this? You got to get this now. His mind is perplexed. He's confused. He's conflicted. Jesus is talking about going back into the, you know, the new birth, going back into the, coming out in the spirit and the, what's born of flesh is flesh and what's born of spirit is spirit. Nicodemus is confused. He doesn't understand. Jesus says you must be born of water and born of the spirit or it can't happen. And there's a lot of discussion about born of water and born of the spirit. Some believe born of water. That's the physical birth. And then you're born of the spirit. That's the spiritual birth. The first birth is necessary for physical life. The second birth is necessary for spiritual life. Obviously, there has to be a physical birth followed by a spiritual birth. Some say, you know, born of water and born of the spirit. Some say this is a reference to baptism, that you have to be baptized. Listen, it can't mean that. Matter of fact, I know it doesn't mean that. It can't mean that and for a lot of reasons. Number one, because Nicodemus didn't know anything about Christian baptism. And think about this. Jesus didn't baptize anyone ever. Did you know that? Jesus didn't baptize anyone ever. And when you understand baptism in the New Testament, baptism in the New Testament is a picture of death, not of life. Romans chapter 6 is a picture of death, not of life. Now, some say born of water speaks of a physical birth. When you're born, you come forth from a sack of water in your mother's womb. And some say born of water means to be born again by the word of God. I think this is possible because there are many verses in the Bible that refer to the word of God as water. Ephesians 5. 25, 26, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for it that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water by the word of God. It was Jesus himself who said in John chapter 15, verse 3, you are already clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Some believe it refers to being born of water. Some believe it refers to being regenerated by the Holy Spirit, the living water. John 7. And then some believe the water refers to the spiritual cleansing that's talked about and prophesied about in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24 through 28 as part of the new covenant. 
Ezekiel 36, I have it for you on the screen. For I will take you from among the nations and gather you out of all the countries and bring you into your own land. And then I will sprinkle you with clean water and you shall be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. And I will give you, what saints, a new heart. And I'll put a what? New spirit within you. And I'll take the heart of stone. Come on, read that with me. And I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I believe this is a reference that Jesus is making here to Nicodemus in Ezekiel 36. As Nicodemus will be very familiar with this prophecy regarding what God will do to his people. Ezekiel 36 tells us not only what God will do for his people Israel when he brings them back from Babylonian exile, but also the implications are for what God will do for his people in the future. In other words, the people who enter the kingdom are people who experience newness that involves the cleansing of the old and the creation of the new. I believe that's why Jesus tells us and goes on right into verse 6. Go ahead and look at it in verse 6. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. When you were born of human parents, you share in a human nature. When you're born of the divine spirit, you share in his divine nature. Your first birth makes you alive to human life. Your second birth makes you alive to spiritual life. Our first birth knits our hearts to our earthly father. Our second birth knits our hearts to our heavenly father. Are you listening? Our first birth gives us an appetite for warm milk. Our second birth gives us an appetite for the milk of the word of God. Our first birth imparts natural impulses to save our lives. Our second birth imparts supernatural impulses to lose our lives for Christ's sake. Look at verse 4. Nicodemus says, do I have to go back into my mother's womb and be born? And Jesus is saying, Nick, it's not like that. You don't have to go back into your mother's womb. That which is flesh is flesh. It's a physical birth. But there needs to be a spiritual birth that only happens to the spirit. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And then Jesus says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Question, why did Jesus say to Nicodemus, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again? Why? Go ahead, yell it out. Because he is marveling. Isn't this deep? He's standing there scratching his head. He's like, I don't get it. He's scratching his head and he's marveling that Jesus said, you must be born again. And Jesus said, I want you to get this, saints. Circle it in your Bible. You must be born again. The word must in the Greek language, guess what it is? Must. Very good. You're all Bible scholars. Must is must in the Greek language. And I'm telling you that because I don't want you to let anybody water that down. Huh? Did you hear me? I'm telling you that because I don't want you to let anybody water that down. You must be born again. Must is must. Be is passive. It means you have nothing to do with it. Be is also imperative. You must be born again. 
I'm trying to help you. Simple. If you want eternal life, then you must be born again. And if you are not born again, you do not have eternal life. I heard a story about D.L. Moody who had just told a group of church workers the plain truth of God's word. And this one woman who was a very busy servant at church waited for Mr. Moody after everyone had left. And she said angrily, she said, Mr. Moody, do you mean to tell me that I, an educated woman taught from childhood in good ways and all my life interested in church and doing good must enter heaven the same way as the worst criminal of our day? And Mr. Moody said, no, ma'am, I don't tell you at all. God does. He said, everyone who would enter heaven, no matter how good they think they are or how well educated or zealous in good works, must be born again. Can somebody say amen and clap your hands there? Will you do that? In verse 8, look at verse 8. Nicodemus is still not getting it. So Jesus goes at it another way. And he gives an example using one of the most powerful forces on the face of the earth. What is that? Wind. Jesus said, Nick, take the wind. It blows where it wants. And you hear it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. And so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now, the word spirit means, if you want to take notes, write this down. The word spirit means breath or wind. In Hebrew, it's ruach. R-U-A-C-H, ruach. In Greek, it's pneuma. So the Holy Spirit could be called the breath or the wind of God. The Holy Spirit is often compared to the wind. Genesis 1, 2. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Acts 2, 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing, anybody know the rest? Mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Listen, it's totally appropriate that the Bible compares the Holy Spirit to wind because the wind is a powerful, life-changing force of nature. Think about it. The wind is, trans, is a transforming force. Write it down. The wind is a transforming force. The wind can transform your landscape. Constantly blowing, the wind will pick up dirt and sand and rocks and will transform the appearance of your property. They call it wind erosion. The wind is a power generating force. Think about it. Windmills have been used for thousands of years. They grind and they pump water and they move heavy, huge ships. The wind is a destructive force. I think of windstorms, tornadoes, hurricanes, hurricane winds. Hurricanes can move things that are unmovable. So for Jesus to use the example of wind is completely relatable. Here's Jesus' point. Jesus is trying to explain to Nicodemus the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, Nick, you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. The same is true of the person who is born again. You can't see the regeneration process happening, but you can see the effects of what's happened. I'm a witness. You can't see salvation happening, 
but you can see the effects of what happens. January 22nd. I'm at the office. I'm in the military. I'll never forget. It was a Friday. And y'all heard the term cuss like a sailor. Uh, that was me. And, and I just, I, you know, I was in the military and the Navy and, you know, stationed with the Marine Corps and cussed like a sailor. I just blanket the blank, 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 blanket the blank, blank. Hey, how y'all blanket the blank, blank doing? And uh, blanket the blank. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all in church, y'all acting like y'all. Y'all like, well, I just don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Let somebody cut you off on the freeway. We'll see you. Looking like a sailor. Okay. Anyways. And so I leave work on, you know, I see y'all blanket and blank, blank Monday. And I left work. I left the office one way. Something happened and I was saved. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.